Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off our number two of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Demont Cotton and your boy Q. And join us now on the phone. Guy, John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, now just covering the NFL and covering whatever he wants, including movies. And apparently, according to Twitter and according to DeMond, John, you were a big fan of the new Top Gun. Hugh, I, I am as someone who's seen the original, not because I thought it was great, but because it's on TV so much, probably 50 times through the decades. I was really curious about this one. It was filmed four years ago. And it, there's been so much hype about it. And I think being postponed by the pandemic is good for it because there was so much of a lead up. So, uh, Carol and I went to see it. We both liked it. It was the best flying sequences I've ever seen in a movie. It puts you right in the cockpits. And it was, I thought, those flying sequences were fantastic. I found myself gripping the armrest, uh, being on the edge of my seat, figuratively, not just literally. And it wasn't like you knew how it was going to end up, but the fact is they, everything they put into it, and I think it cost uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, the producer, 13000 an hour to rent those jets, and they made sure to point out Tom Cruise never touched a control. But, boy, they did a great job making it look like he did. All right, John, we'll get to football in just a second. <laughs> but I know you're retired. You got some more time on your hands now. How about, you know, a Siskel and Ebert style, McLean and Cotton, me and you reviewing movies. <laughs> we can get it. You can get in this on the ground floor, you know. <laughs> For only nine ninety nine. A show with DeMond. This will be the first movie that gets the two thumbs up from both McLean and Cotton. Well, I think we probably should give four thumbs up. Because if I'm standing there, I would do one on each hand. There you go. Boom. See? The show writes itself. <laughs> well, it looks like John's writing the show and you're just kind of co-siding. Well, exactly. He's the main talent. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Unnecessary Roughness Red Nation Radio 920. Now, let's get to some NFL. And, John, I just saw another report about another civil lawsuit against Deshaun Watson based off the HBO Real Sports piece that aired last week. Uh, these things look like the hits keep on coming, John. What are your thoughts on that? The uh, plaintiff that joined the lawsuit said after watching the uh, Brian Gumbel's piece, uh, actually Soledad O'Brien's interview with two of the plaintiffs, uh, she decided to come forward. And we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. We'd be naive or stupid to think that the one, okay, 22 filed civil suits, two more spoke to Sports Illustrated but did not join the civil suits. And then uh, Rusty Harden, Watson's attorney, produced 18 masseuses who said he was a perfect gentleman. So that's 42. And we'd be naive to think there weren't more out there that didn't want to come forward. 
for maybe they didn't want their name raked through the mud. Maybe they didn't want to be deposed for hours by Rusty Harden. But you knew there were others out there that had given uh, Deshaun Watson massages. And Watson said this was over a five-year period. No, this was over a two-year period. And at worst, and he is innocent until proven guilty, at worst, he's he is, you talk about a guy who used bad judgment, stupidity to do that, to find them on Instagram and recommendations from people. And, and um, he couldn't have handled it worse. And that's just the 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 acquiring the massages through the masseuses. And I just, I, I just, it still just boggles my mind that he was involved in all this. And somebody said this further strengthens the NFL's case. No, it doesn't further strengthen. They've, they've been investigating it for 16 months. They've talked to the women. And so I think no matter if 10 more pop up, it's going to get the same suspension as if no more had popped up. Do you think, what do you think the organization, the Browns feel like every time another one of these cases pops up? And I don't know if there's going to be more, but I mean, now there's already one based off the, off that uh, HBO special. Q, please. They don't give a rat, you know what, <laughs> about how many more filed civil suits. They got 22. Right. They, so, they sold their soul to the devil to give $230 million to a player who could be suspended four games, six games a season. You know, he could mm-hmm. be suspended a season. We don't know to get a great young quarterback. And so it doesn't matter if 10 more right. file suits. All the charges are the same. And I've, as I pointed out many times, I've read those lawsuits three times. And I've read them all very slowly. And almost every accusation is the same. So it will surprise me if, if a couple more don't pop up and file civil suits as well. Talking right now with John McClain here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, John, you've been telling me for years it's always about the money, and then Aaron Donald's situation pops up over the weekend. He says he's willing to walk away, but he's also looking at the business side of things when it comes to uh, the NFL, which always means money. John, he's already the highest paid at his position. What more? I mean, how much more can he really make? Well, maybe he's going to ask for $230 million guarantees. You never know what you ask. You think Deshaun Watson went into those negotiations even dreaming that somebody was going to give him $230 million guaranteed. And if he hadn't eliminated the Browns first, mm-hmm. and then they went back and huddled up and said, okay, what, we did, what can we do? He doesn't want to come to Cleveland. Well, let's just offer him a better contract than anybody else, and let's offer him – Let's offer him more guaranteed money, and that's how he got it. So it doesn't hurt Aaron Donald. He could ask for $250 million guaranteed. He's going to make like 13 a base, then he gets a roster bonus, put him like 22. And he's, he's I don't know if he's 31 or turning 31, and he'll be dominant again. He's got a chance to win another ring. You think he's going to retire nope. when he has a chance? to set the all-time record for Defensive Player of the Year awards. He shares the record with J.J. Watt and Lawrence Taylor with three each. You know, guys don't, most players don't walk away at the top of their game. Very seldom does that happen. The great running back, Jim Brown, is still the greatest player I've ever seen. He retired, I think, when he was 29 with the Browns. And the only reason he walked away, 
He was filming a movie, The Dirty Dozen. And Art Modell said, hey, you need to come in here to the off-season program or training camp, whatever it was, and forget about that movie or retire. And he said, okay, I'll retire. And he did, and it's one of the dumbest things Art Modell ever did. Right, no doubt about that. And, John, speaking of uh, uh, the Cleveland Browns, I know we talked about it when it comes to Watson. How about David Njoku, the tight end, signed that big uh, contract extension. He's now the fifth-highest-paid tight end. Uh, when the Raiders have Darren Waller, and he's the 17th-highest-paid tight end, and he's looking for a contract extension, uh, how did that big Njoku deal impact what Darren Waller is going to be looking for? Well, I think that Darren Waller is going to be looking for the most. And that guy is a great receiver. And David Njoku doesn't in the same category with Waller. Give me a break. I'm happy for Njoku to get what he can. Right. Is he worth that money? He hasn't been. They don't even throw to the tight ends that much. People say, well, who did Watson throw to? Wide receivers? Because he didn't have a tight end. So um, Waller's agent. He's got whatever he thinks that Waller's worth, and he's going to shoot for it. Somewhere they'll settle, and it'll be for, I think, it'll make him the highest paid tight end in history. Wow. Wow. Well, I'll tell you this. They have about $25 million they'll have in salary cap space post-June 1st. Do you believe that that money will be uh, in-house, or do you think they'll go out, out of the house to get maybe an offensive lineman or a corner? If you're going to extend Waller, you can give him a low base salary, even like the Browns did Watson, mm-hmm. which would hurt him less if he's suspended because your your fine comes out of your base salary. So they can keep the cap figure low. The the salary cap is just going to keep going up with all the money coming in from gambling, with all the money coming in from streaming services. If I'm an agent, I don't want my guy up right now i'd rather wait another year because no telling where the cap's going to be next year right no you're you're right about that and it does keep going up and up and up and so uh, i'm looking at the 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 weapons that the raiders have and they have uh hunter renfro who i think is going to be phenomenal in josh mcdaniel's system we've seen what the slot receiver does uh Devontae adams obviously we know who he is and then darren waller i mean that's one hell of a three-headed monster right there i think that they're in line for a good season but some folks think that the offseason for the raiders haven't been that good just because uh, there's a lot of money that they dished out well, first of all, what they did in the off season doesn't mean squat till we get to the season. Right. They play in a tough division. They're coming off a playoff season, a season that they were over, over, able to overcome the distraction of changing coaches and all everything that went into the John Gruden firing, which says a lot about the players, the way they were able to focus. And you know they're hungry. They wanna they wanna do more. And Josh McDaniels and David Ziegler, those guys, they got the hardware to show them. Say, look, you follow us. We know how to do this. It doesn't mean they'll do it, but they know how because they experienced so much of winning Super Bowls. So everybody is going to buy in. I believe this. If if the Raiders don't make the playoffs, it's going to be because of where they play. Mm -hmm. You know, if they were in the AFC South, they might be favored to win the division, but it's their misfortune to be in AFC West, which I've said and will continue to say top to bottom is the best division I've seen. Talking again with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, John, you, you mentioned earlier about the CBA, and it may maybe keep going up and up. But we see now that there are more veterans than I can remember that are just sitting waiting to get picked up by a team. You've got Sue, you've got OBJ, you've got Emmanuel Sanders, and these are players that I still think could contribute to a team. 
But do you think moving forward, even the, as the salary cap, salary cap grows, that more veterans will still be on the outside looking in and having to wait until training camp to get jobs? That's the way it always is. Guys go in with illusions of grandeur. They could be coming off major knee surgery like Beckham Jr. And, or they ask for too much money and they don't get it. And then they have to wait and they have to take one of those deals up to $10 million. You know, if he cures cancer, he'll get $10 million. Otherwise, he'll get a million. And the agents like to play it up to. And so I, there are veterans out there who teams will sign who will have an impact on their season. They'll get them at good deals. And then hopefully those players play well enough to get a longer-term deal. John, final question for you. I wanted to ask you about the practice squad. The NFL came out the other day and let it be known that 16 players can be there. Uh, eight guys from IR or reserve non-football injury list can be returned instead of unlimited amount. What did you think about the way that they adjusted the practice squad? Oh, they're always messing with it. I'm for as many players getting as much money as possible. And those guys on the practice squad, they go up and down like jack-in-the-boxes. And uh, you talk about guys that have to be able to go with the flow. It's a player on a practice squad. So I'm all for anything they can do to help those guys. Not mad at that at all. John, what are you working on these days? What should we be on the lookout for? I'm headed to Baylor's annual night at Houston with Coach Dave Aranda. Can't wait to go over and interview him about Jalen Petrie, Texans second-round pick at safety. Tomorrow I've got a Texans OTA. I'll be there, and then I'll be tweeting about both and talking about them on my shows. Guys, thank you very much as always. Appreciate you, John. Have a good one. Thank you. There he goes, John McClain right there, formerly the Houston Chronicle, the general, talking all things NFL with us like he does each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock. So there you go. He said, hey, man, the base salary could be super low. You can still keep a lot of that salary cap space. You can get it done. So there, in a, in a real, realistic world, you can get Renfro done. You can get Waller done. You can get an offensive lineman with that salary cap space that they have. I'm not saying that they're going to go do all that. You can but you heard what he said, and I want to know your thoughts, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line, a 69187 keyword R&R. He said he thinks Darren Waller is going to be the highest paid tight end in the league. That's a lot of coin. What do you think about that? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got to give a big shout out to my guy, Marcelo. He won tickets to go see Jurassic Park. It's actually what? Jurassic World? Is that what we're calling it these days? Jurassic World is the end of an era is what they're calling it. The last Jurassic. I'll believe that when I see it. I thought that was done deal records a long time ago. But hey, it's another one. We're taking you to, or we're sending you to, the movie premiere June 7th, 7 p.m., Red Rock Casino, or theater, just saying, throwing it out there. Now, don't show up without tickets, though. We'll be hooking up tickets. <laughs> you can't get in without a ticket, so, but we're sending you there. Got a couple t- tickets for you. We'll be giving them out each and every day. We're going to do the premiere. I'll be hosting it. Damon will be in the building. Of course, Damon is the, the movie review guy. He's trying to sell John McClain on being the new Siskel and Ebert, McClain and Cotton. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? No. 
No. No. <laughs> you don't see the vision. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. You have to sell me on it. You have to sell me on it. You have to go all the way, Richard Williams, King Richard, on me to to sell the sell the vision. But uh, maybe I can get there at some point. But we will send you to the movies. We got that for you. Coming up in a, about a second or two, a couple minutes. I got a couple me- uh, text messages I want to read. But in a couple minutes, Demond's going to give us his review of the fights that happened on Saturday. And if you don't know, Demond has his own show on our sister station, twelve thirty a.m. The game. It is called the Fight Game with Demond Cotton. That's him. And he breaks down all kind of fighting from wrestling to UFC to boxing. Sometimes he has fighters on there that get a little crazy uh, and, and start to speak a little not radio friendly like. But uh, hey, you know, it's a, it's a hell of a show. He's doing a good job with it. So make sure you check it out. And it's Thursdays at what, 11, right? 11 a.m. There it is. Thursdays at 11 a.m. So make sure you check that out. So he'll give you a, a rundown of the fight and give you a pre- preview of the fight game coming up in a matter of seconds. But I have been throwing out there the question to you at 702-365-9200 and also the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R talking about what are the priorities? What do you believe the priorities should be for the silver and black as they get this extended salary cap space coming up in, uh, well, post-June 1st. So as soon as they get that, they'll be around $25 million. We just had John McClain on who said that he believes Darren Waller is going to be the highest-paid tight end in the league. David Njoku just signed a massive deal. Not mad at David Njoku. If someone wanted to give me a boatload of money that I didn't deserve, I'd be fine with it. I'd take it too. You know, and if you were able to get a boatload of money that you didn't deserve, that's okay. But the fact is, they gave him a boatload of money. So Darren Waller, who's much better than the 17th highest paid tight end in the league. Matter of fact, he's much pay- better than the fifth pace highest paid tight end in the league, which is David Njoku, is going to get paid one way or the other. I don't know how the Raiders decide to structure that deal if they choose to. We had Ed Graney on earlier, and he said, hey, don't worry about Waller. Just take care of Renfro. I mean, he basically said, roll with what he's got. Let him roll on that contract or let him roll out. And I don't think that that's the approach that the Raiders are going to take, but that was Ed's thought. So uh, we have a couple different opinions there. So we want to hear from you, of course, what you think. Uh, our guy Geese Mode hit us up and said, my top five post-salary cap priorities. Sign Waller to a short-term, fully guaranteed deal. Sign Renfro to a long-term deal. Roll with the young core at offensive line as is. Sign a defensive veteran for depth in the secondary. And then number five, sign Kaepernick for the veterans minimum. We almost got through the whole show without a Colin Kaepernick mention, but I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. And look, I've said this from the jump from the minute that cap went in for a visit. If he makes the team better, I have no problem with them signing. And when I say that, I look at it at what Marcus Mariota was able to do or was supposed to do in the Mariota package. And that's what my vision is. If he were to be signed now that signing was, or that's that workout was last week. They did not sign him. I don't think anything is is close. I know there were some rumors floating around like Facebook and everything over the weekend about two-year, $32 million deal. That was insane. They're definitely not giving that kind of money to Cap. He did not get signed, uh, but that was something that, you know, just like I said, was drummed up over the weekend. So that's it for me. You know, when I when I think about that, that's what I think of is that, that Marcus Mariota package that was supposed to be, that was never there. But uh, we definitely want to hear from you. And Geese thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. And I agree. Sign Waller to a short, short-term fully guaranteed deal. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be the way to go. I really do. I think that would be smart. And then make sure you get Renfro taken care of because he's going to be such a key cog for what I think is going to be a much longer time than Waller will. I think I'm signing with Ed on this where Renfro, what's he, 26? If you, get him, like that, if you yeah. get him in now, lock him in at a, let's say, 15 mil. Right. In four or five years, obviously – He's going to want more, but maybe you could already, I hate to sound crass about this, you've already got the best years out of him, so by the time he is 30, 31, that he's not going to be 
you know, in that top range of like, hey, he deserves even well, more you're, money. Well, you're going to sign him either now or you're going to sign him after the season, right? But I, I would just, I would, if just I was in, just lock him in now. Okay. And with Waller, not like a prove it deal or anything like that. It, but it is still that. How's he going to look this season? Is he going to be fresh coming off of those injuries? Or maybe if he's producing at a high rate early midseason, maybe by like week six, hey, we've seen enough. Then new extensions in the works. Fair enough. 702-365-9200. Want to hear from you as well. Who we got up? ABA Ivan Davis. <laughs> Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, how's it going, man? Good, good, good. On my way to the A's game. Uh, you know, watch whatever this is going to be. But uh, <laughs> the uh, what I would do, I would sound like I what you guys have the right thing. Uh, Renfro is going to be the priority, but I would talk to Waller and see, hey, would you be willing to wait at least one season before we pay you? Yeah, you deserve the money. No one asked Cleveland to do that. But would you be willing to wait one season? If not, one-year deal with the promise of, you know, hey, we'll take care of you next season. But we'll put you among somewhere at least, you know, better than what you was this year and see, and see what his loyalty is. And if that doesn't work, then I guess you just have to, you might have to cut your offer. But, uh, and explain to him that, you know, we're going to, we're going to take care of you, but there are, uh, the offensive line and the uh, and Riffle are, are priorities. Okay. And that's what I would. All right. Hey, thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And uh, have a good day at, at the job, at the at the A's game. See uh, what that's going to be, how that's going to shake out. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I don't think that Waller's going to, you know, I, I think that the, I think a couple-year deal, like Gizmo said, a short-term deal, maybe fully guaranteed, would make sense. You've got to make it make sense. You can't just go off the, hey, man, we promise to take care of you next year because promises don't work in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, it's a business where you get a contract, you get a four-year contract, and after a year they're cutting you, right? I mean, think about it. I mean, those those kind of decisions, they you just can't you just can't roll with with – with I promise this or I promise that. It's just not going to work. It's not going to happen. So they've got to be able to find something that makes him and his representation happy, and his representation is clutch sports, and I say that all the time because I think that's important. It's not Lee Steinberg. It's not this person. It's not that person. It's clutch sports. Clutch sports, they handle their business a little bit differently than everybody else. What was wrong about that? Nothing. Nothing at all. Get stuff done. No, they do. I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. I'm just saying that they make sure that they handle their business. Right. I just I, it's just, you know, who you're dealing with when you're dealing with clutch sports and, and they're ones that make sure they're very, as a matter of fact, let's put it like that. Uh, that's why players go to them because <laughs> they love the results. Right. So I'm not I'm not mad at that. That's why I think that something has to get done. I don't think that they allow their agent or their player to go into the season with no guaranteed money. Think about that. No guaranteed money. I just I just don't see it. That's why I look at this situation where you've got to take care of Waller. You've got to take care of Renfro. And as John McClain pointed out, if you structure the contracts right, you can take care of whoever you want to. As long as you look at the back end and say, okay, how, how is this long-term for us? Mm-hmm. Right? Because right now they got a ton of money and a ton. I mean, they, they man, they've got a lot of money invested in next season too. If you go and look at their salary cap space, a lot of people say, oh, we'll have plenty of money next year. Go look at it. Go do the research. Go look at Spotrack.com. Look at OverTheCap.com. Not really. I know it's going to go up. But, brother, there's a lot of money and some very high uh, uh, salary cap hits for some of these, uh, a lot of these players coming up next season. So that's something to pay attention to. Do you realize that this year, because of restructures, 
that Kenyon Drake has like an $8 million dead cap hit. If they were to release him, he has an $8 million dead cap hit because of the restructures from 2021. That's what restructures do, man. They kick it down the curb, and you eventually got to pay the piper, you know? So that's something to pay attention to. Coming up at 340, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She'll join the show to talk about the Aces who are going to be hosting the Connecticut Sun, who's 6-2, and two, no, 6-1 and one on the season, I believe. And uh, the Aces are 8-1 and one on the season. So two first-place teams will be battling it out this evening. Uh, you can hear that game on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. And, of course, you can hear the Aviators baseball game right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, I have to turn the sticks over to Damon. He's uh, he's our fight aficionado. He's our guy that's paying attention to every fight that comes to town and even fights that aren't here in town. But he's got the breakdown of what he saw this Saturday night. All right, guys. Showtime pay-per-view. An anticipated fight that was supposed to happen last December, postponed, but we finally get it on Memorial Day weekend. Gervonta Tang Davis versus Roley Romero. And Roley Romero from Las Vegas. Two undefeated fighters. You would want Roley to put the city on his back. The buildup for this fight is almost cute. It's been like, it, well, it was. It was WWE-esque, Uh-oh. the way these guys were talking. Roley's saying, bet your house, bet your mortgage on me. I'm going to knock him out within the first 60 seconds. The first round. Wow. Roley was doing all the talking. Like, Javante, you could see him getting frustrated of just like, this guy will say anything. Right. And boy, did he. It was just one of those guys. It was just like, I've never met him. But it's like, I know he's from Vegas. <laughs> or he's just start- He's got that Vegas <laughs> edge to yeah. him. Okay. It's like, oh, so what are you worried about? Um, Maybe Tank's power. I'm not worried about nothing. I'm, I'm, just yeah. for the record, I've never heard a Vegas edge. I've never heard like, oh, man, that dude's from Vegas. Watch out. I've never heard that. I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, <laughs> but I've never heard that. I've never heard anyone be like, you know where that dude's from? You know where that dude's from? Yeah. He's from Vegas. Northtown, I've, to be exact. I've never heard that, but but carry on. All right, so this highly anticipated fight for the WBA lightweight championship. It finally goes down this Saturday with all this buildup. And on Friday before, you know, the last little weigh-in, the mm-hmm. last standoff, Tank pushes Roley off the stage. I saw that. It was a, it was a, just a push. That was but a slight he went push, flying, right? But he went flying. That's very WWE. And then they got to, he's got to get back on the stage, hold me back, to hold me back. Oh, the no. day before the fight. So come on, tensions are running high. And then the fight starts, and Roley, he, it was, it's a 5'8 fighter. This is still at 130 pounds. But Roley's 5'8, Tank's 5'5. So he's got the reach, he's got the height on him, and he's got a weird herky-jerky style when it comes to boxing. So he's keeping his range, he's using his jab, and if the fights, those early rounds, you could say, hey, I think Roley's got the edge here. He is the more inexperienced fighter, doesn't have as much experience as Tank, but he was, he was, for, he was working well, using that jab, keeping Tank at bay. But I remember seeing a tweet from Andreas Hale, you know, highly respected member of the MMA and boxing community when mm-hmm. it comes to journalism. Right. He said, I think Tank's going to um, wait him out a little bit, knock him out in six. No reason it should last longer than that. And sometimes you see a tweet, it's like, man, that's a pretty bold prediction. But then you see the fight gets going, and you yeah. say, hey, Roley, Roley, hey, Roley might put the city on his back for real. But then the sixth round comes around. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roley just got caught. The one meme that really just put it in perspective you know, he he's comes in with a lunging right oh, hook. Oh, that's the one where he got caught. Yes, he I comes in that, with yes. a lunging right hook, gets hit from a straight left, I think, yeah. from Tank. Right in the mouth, right? Yes, right yeah. in the mouth. Chin, like, you know, oh, my God. Where was his chin at there? All it took was one shot. It almost looked like a glancing bow, but Tank said it. He walked into it. It was almost like Pacquiao when he got knocked out um, a few years ago. Where You know, maybe the punch wasn't that strong because Tank said, I really didn't even throw it that hard, but when you walk into it, 
That's what makes him look so bad. As he's falling through the ropes and they're putting the meme the side by side with him and Martin mm. from that episode where he um, did the celebrity match yes. with Tommy Hearns. Yes. That's how bad he went through the Damn. ropes. And then you see the ref and he's trying to, hey, and they stop it in the sixth round, a sixth round knockout. Mm-hmm. Do I think that Roley, if you, hey, let him get his feet under him. He did beat the 10 count. Let him continue. No, this was one. He was glassy eyed. He immediately gets out of the ring after the fight and he's walking back and they've got the people on both sides of him carrying him to the back because he just did not have his legs under him. And then with Javante Davis, he went out and said he did exactly what he said he was going to do. Knocked the guy out. Wasn't phased by all the talking. Even Mike Tyson gave him the praise of just, hey, I really like the way he's handled himself, you know, for the build up to this fight. Right. Not letting the troll get to you. But when someone says that, hey, I'm going to knock you out in the first after the first round, that was a funny moment, too. So, you know, it was the first round, but obviously, you know, not too much damage. You know, just a little warm-up, filling right. each other out. Right. He goes to his corner as he's sitting down and says, what happened to the first round? So he was feeling himself. Of just like when the fighter says, hey, I just got to wait him out. He's saying, not just yet. That post-fight interview with Jim Gray where he's just saying, yeah, I knew he was going to come out. I just had to tell myself, just wait. Just wait. And that patience paid off because that's one of the most spectacular knockouts that we've seen all year in boxing. So they had to carry him back basically to the back room, right? Yeah. That's basically what's going to happen when me and you play basketball. Someone's going to have to carry you off, right? They're going to be like, Q, man, this dude's on. glassy-eyed. He ain't got no legs no more. It's a it's a wrap. Q, you should have seen the defense yesterday. <laughs> the shot wasn't there yesterday, but you should have seen the defense. I'm telling you, Q, it's going to be hard to do anything when you can't dribble. Okay. When you've got the clamps put on you. Yeah. I mean. It's going to be someone else's clamps because it ain't going to be yours. But Q, that's a whole other subject. It's uncanny, Q. I'm t- I know you got to get to break, but I'm telling you, Q, I will lock you up. You're only The only way you're going to lock me up is if you have a member of the police department with you and they got some cuffs and a gun. That's the only way you're going to get me locked up, brother. I'm telling you that right now. But, hey, before we take a quick break, let everyone know again about your show. Uh, I know it's on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Go ahead and tell everyone else. All right, the fight game, Thursdays, 11 a.m. on 1230, the game a.m. if you want to catch it out live. But, you know, we also have the podcast versions, and you can check that out on Apple, Spotify, or the Las Vegas Sports Network. There you go. There you go. That's called a promotion. You got to be able to promote your show. You know what I mean? You're no one's. Oh, it's gonna, a fantastic show. No everybody. one's going to be able to promote it like you. So I mean, you just be able last week. Up. Speaking of stuff that happened in town, AEW was in town. Yeah, All Elite I saw that. Wrestling yeah. had Tony Khan, the CEO of All Elite Wrestling, on the show to promote the show. We're doing big things. There you go, doing big things. I'm not mad at you. 3:36 is the time. Talk about big things. The Las Vegas Aces. They're doing some fantastic things. Paloma Villacana from Fox Five Sports. She'll join us to talk about it. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Still efforting. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, talk all things LV Aces as they're hosting the Connecticut Sun this evening. Michelob Ultra Arena. Want to get her thoughts on the team, where they're at right now. Only have one loss on the season. We'll do that in a few minutes when she joins the show. Uh, still asking about your priorities as far as what you think the Raiders should do, how they should use the the salary cap space that they're going to be receiving in the next day or so. And I, I see a lot of people reaching out, talking about Indomitian Sue, and he should be the guy that's brought in, especially after you saw what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did, and they went out and got Akeem Hicks from the Chicago Bears. So they got him on a one-year deal up to, as John McClain says, $10 million contract. So you would think that that means that they're out on Sue and rumor and report is that the Raiders have been eyeing him and are interested in him. Now, that doesn't mean that they are, but that means what is being said. So is that an area? Is that someone that you'd like to see 
the Raiders go out and spend a little bit of money on and bring him in. I, I've said this multiple times. They've got a ton of dudes on the defensive line. They've got a lot of they got a lot of folks as far as the the defensive tackles. They they prioritize that this offseason to go out and get a lot of guys, add them to the mix, find out which guys fit and which guys don't. But none of them are on the level of Sue. None of them. They've got some really good ones, but none of them are on his level. Now, does that mean that I think that they have to go out there and prioritize him and go get him? No. But if they do get him, that that in my opinion is a luxury and that'll really help out that that rotation on that defensive line and and as we had other people call in earlier in the show, it'll also help grow the younger dudes that are playing that position. So we'd love to hear from you at 69187 keyword R&R. That's the Salmon Ash Again, 69187 keyword R&R. Right now on the phone lines, we have our good friend Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports on Twitter at Paloma Villacana. Paloma, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate you. How about those aces? Got a big victory over the weekend. Uh, they 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 battled it out down to the wire, but they found a way to to uh, come out with a victory and still only have one loss so far in the season. What did you learn about the aces on Saturday when they picked up that victory over the sky? Man, they're gritty. They're gritty, and they needed a win like that. You know, they've been dominating everyone in the conference 20, 30 points, up 40 points in the third quarter. I mean, they are dominating everyone. But to have a close back-and-forth game, uh, against Chicago and, and a gritty a gritty win landing on top where they were like, yeah, you know, we, we, we need to clean some things up defensively. You know, we need to be more on our A game and watch our P's and Q's. But, man, is it fun to watch the Aces this season. And we're actually courtside right now at the Michelob Ultra Arena as the Aces are warming up right now, getting ready to, to stay undefeated this season on their home court. So if you haven't made it to an Aces game this season, you've got to come out Tonight is sneakerhead night, so you know everyone's looking fly at the Michelob Ultra nice. Arena. Q, Q, I got some sneakers on, but they ain't nothing like the Aces sneakers and, you know, <laughs> Becky, Hammond, Becky Hammond sneakers. They ain't nothing like that, man. I heard that. I'm not mad at that at all, and that that's going to be a hell of a feature. That's going to be fun to be able to check that out. Why, <laughs> why do you think, or what is the biggest difference, in your opinion, from this year's team to what you saw last year? Because both teams were really good, but this team just feels like it has a chance to be special. I think it's their pace. You know, they're just playing faster on both ends of the floor. They're so quick. They're so fast. They beat you to the rim. I mean, they're physical. They're gritty. And the one thing that Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson just keep saying is they have that chemistry. They've just built that chemistry. They've played together with USA Basketball. Uh, They've played together... And, you know, now that they're here and they've built that chemistry, because uh, this is this is a strong core. You know, a lot right. of teams in the WNBA are new. They got new players, new coaches. They're trying to figure each other out. They're trying to, to, to have that cohesiveness. But this is a core that's been together. Kelsey Plum, Derrica Handy, Asia Wilson, uh, you know, they've been together for a minute. So to build that chemistry, they were in the bubble together. I mean, you spend three, four months together with the same people, you're, you're going to become super close with them. So uh, just great to see that Becky Hammond has, has taken this team to new heights. But I believe it's their pace. It's right. their pace, man. They're just executing plays, and, you know, they're, they're just strong on both ends of the floor, and that's, 
that's what makes them so tough. You got Jackie Young to guard. You got Asia Wilson to yeah. guard. You got Derek Hamby to guard. I don't want to guard any of those players. <laughs> like, for real, I am not trying to guard Asia Wilson, Jackie Young, Kelsey Plum. No thanks, man. Right. No no doubt about it. Their pace is incredible. Again, we're talking about Paloma Villacana here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. You know, you were at media day before the season got started. I was at media day, and one thing that Coach Hammond said about Asia Wilson is she took less money to come back. How big was that that she did that knowing this team had a chance to be special like we're talking about? It's just the trust she has with Becky. It's the trust she has with KP. It's the trust she has with Sierra. I mean, she wouldn't I feel like Asia Wilson also loves this community, loves Vegas, loves this team, loves this organization. You know, KP and them were crediting Bill Lambert and what he's been able to lay down and Mark Davis, what he's doing for the team and, uh, you know, what their marketing team's doing, what their communications team is doing. I mean, no one is doing it like the Aces. You know, they got the best presence on social media. They got great players. They're out in the community. They're visiting elementary schools. They're visiting middle schools. You know, there's a lot of young Hoopers in the Valley that look up to Asia Wilson, look up to KP, uh, you know, look at the UNLV Lady Rebels, right. you know, the Aces are out there practicing at, uh, at UNLV. So, man, it's just awesome to see to see UNLV in the women's hoop. So I think Asia Wilson put all of that into a factor of, you know, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to build this chemistry, and we're going to win it all, and we're going to win it all this season. So, right. hey, I need, I need that title to come to Vegas. <laughs> I need that title to come to Vegas so it can be a party up here in the Michelob Ultra Arena. There you go. Not mad at that at all. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Speaking of Asia Wilson, she has shot and made more threes already this season than she has in her whole career prior to this season here. Is that something that maybe you've talked to Asia about or Coach Hammond, getting her more involved with the three-point shot and the whole team I, as they are leading the, yeah, the league in scoring? exactly. I was going to say the whole team. The whole team is, is shooting from deep. And that game against the Sparks, I mean, they put up like 40 points in that first quarter, and they were shooting like seven of eight from deep. And I was like, dang, I mean, I mean, let's go. Like, so, so I think that's awesome that, that Asia has been leading the way, but the whole team is shooting from deep, which is, is great to see something we didn't see with Bill, you know, something we didn't see in the past couple of years. Um, but I've been saying all season, give me that Becky Hammond juice. Give me that <laughs> Becky Hammond Gatorade, whatever's in the Gatorade. She's, um, and you know, she, she said, she told, she tells us post game, you know, it's not rocket science. You know, if you're if you're open, shoot the ball. If you're not open, pass the ball. You know, it's not rocket science. So I think she's been able to just pull back the layers, really focus in on the talent and, and the buy-in. The buy-in is there, and you can see it on the court. Well, tonight on the court, there's going to be a first-place team going up against another first-place team. They're welcoming the Connecticut Sun. What are you expecting to see from the Sun's part of view, uh, point of view? I mean, they're good, too. Number two in the country. Uh, number two in the standings, excuse me. Uh, you know, they got ballers on their team, too. And I know that number one and number two, it's always a fight. And the fact that it's a two-game series here in Vegas, you know, the Aces are going to want to stay undefeated on their home court. So uh, just the way that the Aces have been playing on both ends of the ball, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see a fight tonight. But everyone in the WNBA is out for the Aces right now. So I'm, I'm expecting to see a fight tonight. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, when you're the team that they are and they're playing like they are, there's going to be a lot of targets on your back. And Paloma, will get you out with this, uh, talking about UNLV. Uh, Coach Royal, he's been doing a lot of good things, been bringing in a lot of players in this like third phase of the recruiting process. What have you seen from what Coach Royal has been able to do with the Rebels? It's awesome. It's awesome to see 
him grow his program, to see him get ballers. Of course, the transfer portal is is something we've never seen before. So, mm-hmm. man, I've just been talking to coaches and, and college coaches and the Raiders never, and I've just been saying this is just a different era of football we're seeing in college athletics with the transfer portal, with NIL, with how college football is transforming in our eyes. It's great to see that Coach Royal has been able to pick up some ballers. Uh, you know, he needed maturity. He needed depth last season when he's got starters out at every position last year. And, you know, you're pulling in freshmen. And, hey, man, you're pulling in freshmen and going up against four ranked opponents. That's tough. That's <laughs> right. tough. I mean, Cam Friel, he did not have an easy job last year. So for Coach Royal to bring in older veteran guys, fifth-year, sixth-year seniors, transfers, um, who have five years under their belt, that's huge. That's huge when, you know, most of his squad last year was freshmen and sophomores. So excited to see the Rebels. Can't wait to see them ball out. Uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, and I just saw uh, what yesterday brought in another JUCO defensive lineman and uh, Brandon McElroy, a big dude as well. So uh, he just added to the cover with that talent. Well, Paloma, uh, get excited. Enjoy the game out there. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. See you guys. Bye. All right. See ya. There goes Paloma Villacana. I got nervous. I thought that was the anthem all of a sudden. I was like, wait a minute. It's not It's not a tip-off time. I've been in that situation, dog. I've been in that situation before where I was at the NFL draft in Arlington. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I was doing a hit. I was doing a radio hit just like she was right there. And all of a sudden, they started singing the national anthem. And I was like three minutes into, into the radio hit. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I, I say this as a joke. I do, so don't take it personal. Please don't get mad and offended. But I said it as a joke. I was like, oh, my God, if I don't shut up, they are going to Kaepernick me. You know what I mean? Like, they are going <laughs> they are going to run me right out of this spot. You know what I mean? Because what you want to talk about the ultimate disrespect. I'm up here doing a big old loud radio show while they're singing the anthem. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Were you in the media room? No, like, I, was exactly? in the, I was in the – like Jerry's world because it was in the stadium. So we were sitting basically in the stands, but it was the media section. And so I'm sitting there, da, 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 you know, doing whatever I'm talking about, who I think is going to go number one overall, Baker Mayfield. And all of a sudden they start, you know, the national anthem starts. I'm like, oh man. So I like jumped up and had to try to move out of the, so I can keep talking, doing the, sh- the hit. But man, I was stressed. You want to talk about sweating. That was a terrible situation. Terrible. Did you let the host of the show you were on, did you let them know, hey, I'm, I'm in a situation I was trying right now. to, but it's live. It's tough. And so that's why when I heard that music, that's why I, I normally would ask Paloma, like, what she's got coming up and, you know, make sure you check her out on Twitter and this and that. I was like, I heard music and I, all of a sudden I, I flashed back to, oh, the anthem's going on. I got to I gotta let her go because she said she was courtside. But then I realized that that was definitely not the anthem and that was just some music that they had at shoot around. So I apologize. Guys, Paloma. Yes, because it's not even four o'clock yet. I know, but I'm telling you, I've been in that moment, and you panic. It's a bad flashback. It was a bad flashback. I'm telling you this. How many times has that happened? That happened to me there in Arlington, and then it happened to me one time when we were doing a high school football game, and I was on the sidelines, and everybody all of a sudden lines up for the anthem, and the guy in the booth is doing the play-by, not play-by-play, but he's doing the pregame show, and he's like, all right, well, let's go down to queue for his keys to the game, and I was like, not now. The anthem is getting ready to play. You know what I mean? Like, I and I tried to cover up my face so nobody could see. I was talking, man. That's a bad situation to get into, brother. Tell you, it's not. It's not cool. <laughs> so I said, "Don't you set me up?" And of course, I had to be make a joke. But I was like, "Don't, don't set me up for failure, please." I'm not trying to be that guy. So, yeah. But anyway, thank you to Paloma Villacana for joining us again. You can hear the Aces take on uh, the Connecticut Sun. You can hear them on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, as you can hear the Aviators here on 
Raider Nation Radio 920. Sir Whiskey Ray said, uh, Q&D, momentum is, is on our side and taste another championship awaits us. Oh, yes, it's all about momentum. Sincerely, the Golden State Warriors. So there you go. He's giving his prediction for the Warriors and the Celtics NBA Finals get started on Thursday. Well, we speaking of momentum, this imaginary thing, wouldn't the Celtics have more momentum going into these finals? I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I mean, I'm just saying they're both going to be – they're both playing uh, some pretty damn good ball right now to get to where they're at. Uh, I mean, obviously the Celtics have played last, but I think the Warriors did a pretty good job finishing things off in five. You know, so the Celtics played with their food a little bit. I mean, they, they would be hating themselves right now if Miami found a way to win that game seven because there's no way there should have been more than a game six. No way. The Celtics should have just put them away at home when they had the opportunity. Real quick, this is one of those you can answer in sports questions, but it's a little dumb. But the Heat, I think if they make it to the finals, they probably it's swept or gentleman sweep if they would have made it to this finals here. So would you rather go out and get swept in the finals or lose on that last second Eastern Conference game seven? The moment for you as a team, like if you were a player on that team, uh, I mean, of or course, just, I want, just as a fan, I, as a as a player, I want to get to the finals. Of course, I want to get to the finals. And, but you also realize, I mean, they were a number one seed. It's not like they were some slouches. They were I a number know one they, seed. People were talking about them like that, but I just think right. they were decimated. Like right. Jimmy Butler oh, they can't were, go out there no, and do that. No, they were for another series. No, no, he couldn't have, and that's why he tried to hit that three pointer at the end because he couldn't have done it for another five minutes. I mean, he played the whole stinking game, the whole game, and damn near found a way to pull it off. And you know, maybe they would have gone and 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 battled it out with the Warriors and, and made it a hell of a series. Maybe they wouldn't have. I mean, we don't know. Maybe the Celtics are going to go out and win the series against the Warriors. Maybe they won't. I mean, that's what the beauty of it, man. I'm I'm so excited just to see how it all shakes out. I feel in my in my belly and also as a Warrior fan that the Warriors are going to win it. I, I got them winning in six. But the Celtics ain't no slouch, man. They ain't going to be no easy out. That's for sure. They're physical. They got uh, Marcus Smart, who I think matches up very well. With the squad, I think he's the same as uh, he's the same. He, he means as much to the Celtics as Draymond means to the Warriors. I really do. I think those are the two engines of the team. And so that's why I can't wait to see how they battle it out. Again, the NBA Finals get started. Warriors and Celtics on Thursday. 3.55 is the time. Coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor. He's going to take you home. I saw his tweet talking about $20 million in cap space. He has a lot that he wants to say about that. Plus, he'll take your calls and texts. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line at 69187. Light him up. Let Vinny know about it. He's got a lot that he's bringing to you. Two hours. Coming up next, in the huddle, right here, Radio Nation Radio, 920. I'll holler. 